Hello nerds and welcome back to this episode. Last time I said that I was gonna talk about dragons, no wait, about books with dragons. And for that I picked Priory of the Orange Tree and the first four books of Earthsea. Also, just a side note, the books I'm gonna talk about do feature dragons. However, they're not the main characters, so don't be disappointed if you read the book without it mentioning a dragon on every single page. Don't come at me, please. They appear every now and then. Maybe for only p few pages, but they're here. They're watching, listening from the dark. Did you see that? I would have been surprised if you did. I don't know what I'm doing, and if it wasn't evident so far, now you know. Also, I'll be ranking the dragons 0 to 10, cause why not? You can't stop me. I have the power of the words that stumble in no specific order whatsoever out of my mouth. Seriously though, I can't talk properly properly, <laughs> properly for, for longer than 5 seconds. I had to delete so many takes of me just talking because it's just some letters thrown together and I have to keep reminding myself not to talk too fast and to breathe occasionally. How do people talk for so long without stumbling over the words? Probably sold their souls, I'm not gonna believe anything else. Anyway, I'm gonna start with Priory of the Orange Tree. This is one of my absolute favorites. Not only does it feature some amazing dragons, no! There are also queer characters. I'm just gonna tell you something about, about the book. First of all, the cover is absolutely gorgeous. It has a dragon on it, so that is already an eye-catcher. Seriously, whenever I see a book with a dragon on the cover, I'm already half-sold. I need more books with dragons. In this book, there are four nations. The East, South, West and who would have thought the North? I'm a genius. The Queendom in the West is kind of the main focus. In this nation, the House Barathnath has been ruling for a thousand years. Right now, the nation is waiting for the marriage of Queen Sabran and hopefully an heir. I had to look up how to pronounce that word and I am happy to announce that I've been saying it correctly in my head all along. Now. Let me tell you something about the main characters, please. Ea Durian, first an outsider at court, has risen to become a lady in waiting. Even before rising to that position, she has been protecting the queen with forbidden magic. Just a side note, this reminded me a lot of Merlin. He also used his forbidden magic to protect Prince Arthur in the BBC series. And as I read the book, I was hoping to be relieved of the pain the show has given me for the last few years. It didn't manage to do that. Pain is great. Back to the book. In the east, where the dragons are worshipped as gods, our main character is Tana. She has been training to become a dragon rider ever since she was a child. Now that she is older, she and a few others have to do specific tests in order to become a dragon rider. Pretty early in her story, she's forced to make a decision that will have harsh consequences later on. Yes, you heard correctly. This is a book where actions have consequences. 
Also, the author mentioned in a post that Tane is both asexual and aromantic, which basically means that she's neither sexually nor romantically attracted to anyone, which made me relate to her a lot. Now, Lothbeck, the son of a wealthy lord and heir to a wealthy north northern province. He's also the best friend of Queen Zabran, and for once, there is no romance between these two best friends. I am as surprised as you are. He's one of my favorite characters, just like almost all the others. And also, like Tane, he is asexual. Finally, some good represent representation. Nicolas Roos is an anatomist and alchemist. Queen Zabran banished him years ago. She wanted him to make an elixir of life. All her ancestors died pretty early and she didn't want her life to end. Unfortunately, he failed in doing so, leading to his banishment. Reading this point of view was quite interesting even though I didn't like him in the end as much as I did in the beginning. Throughout the book, dark forces, lesser dragons, are slowly rising from their sleep, foreshadowing the rise of a much greater, more dangerous dragon, the so-called Nameless One, who can only be defeated if the nations are working together, which should prove to be difficult considering their different beliefs regarding the dragons. The East wants the dragons to fight with them against the Nameless One, the other nations aren't exactly mean on that. Now, to the gay stuff. I'm not gonna say who ends up together, but I can tell you that their relationships are beautifully written. One of the main characters is gay and they still have a personality? Them being gay gets treated as something normal. I love that. Finally, a book with not only straight characters. Crazy, right? I can name only few books with stuff like that, but a ton with relationships, that make your insides turn outside and just awfulness, you know? I actually don't like love stories at all. Most of them have characters that are just so annoying and do so many stupid things. Not really enjoyable to read. However, the, man the Mantha Shannon did the apparently impossible. Healthy relationships that don't make me skip half the book. Now I'm gonna talk about the stuff I didn't enjoy about this book. Yes, even such fantastic books like this have their flaws. No one is perfect. Only the book in the Grishaverse are a series that I will talk about as soon as I've finished rereading it. The flaws. Sometimes it felt like a character died because they were important for one scene and after doing their duty they just got killed off. I got that feeling merely twice, so it wasn't the worst. Other than that, I didn't like how quick and almost anticlimactic the end was. It built up for around 700 pages just to be resolved within a few of them. That was really the most disappointing part of the book. Also something I thought was unrealistic is how far the nations decided to work together and you didn't see them interact a lot with each other in the end where it should have been important. They just decided to put their differences aside within a few paragraphs. People don't usually work like that. There's always at least this one person that you just want to throw in a pool of hydrofluoric acid because they're just so impossible to work with. 
Although it seems like there are a lot of flaws, they didn't have much of an impact and it was still enjoyable to read. Really, flaws don't automatically mean that a book's bad. What I really loved about the book is that everyone, regardless of their gender or their sexuality, got treated equally. And the stories of each character was incredibly well and interestingly written. The dragons were a solid 9.5 out of 10 by the way. There weren't a lot of them and the one that appeared on a regular basis didn't do a lot but they were still amazing so good job at existing. Now, The Wizard of Earthsea. I love the writing style. It's so beautifully written. The way the author uses all those words is almost magical. I mean, this story is about a wizard, so it better be magical. It would suck otherwise. The writing actually brought me nearly to tears. Although, I was on my period while reading it, so it might have been just me being in pain. Update, it was the pain. <laughs> talking, talking about pain, parallel to this, I'm also writing another podcast about a series and some books that still cause me pain whenever I think about it. Look forward to that. Or don't. I don't know. Anyway, this book was bought by me impulsively. Kinda. I just saw the German book with a dragon on its, on its cover. I needed to have it, so I ordered it. I ordered the first four books in one. Worth the risk. The cover is just absolutely gorgeous and the writing warmed my heart and crushed me immediately afterwards. Love that. So, the first book starts with Gat who is born in Gond in the archipelago of Earthsea. When he was around 7 years old, he heard his aunt cry out a rhyme to a herd of goats that immediately came to her. Now, Gat memorized the rhyme and tried them on some goats. That kind of backfired. It did work, the goats followed him, but they didn't stop. They chased him around the village until his aunt said a word to the goats, making them stop chasing Gat like they were possessed by demons. After that, his aunt taught him some more words until one day, the village got attacked. He was able to defeat the attackers and force them to retreat with magic, which caused the mage Ogion to come and take him as an apprentice. With him, Gat learned a lot, but it wasn't enough for him, so he went to a wizard school. I didn't really like the main character in the beginning because of his arrogance and his pride. Luckily, that changed throughout the book. The key moment for his personal growth was an incident in school where he wanted to show off and unleashed a dark shadow that haunted him to the edge of the world. All in all, a wonderful story. Also, a white dragon appears in this novel. More than one, actually. Only for one chapter, if I remember correctly, but... They were great. 7 out of 10. A 7 because the dragon was a little rude, so a 7 it is. And I can't wait to read the next book, The Tombs of Atuan. There, there weren't any dragons. My disappointment is immense and my day is ruined. I'm not serious, obviously. This story was gripping and beautifully written. Again! It's about Ara, who is supposed to be the first priestess reborn again. She gets taught how to be that reborn woman by other priestesses in the Kargat lands 
where she later starts questioning the things that get hammered into her brain and things happen. But what? Well, read the book and find out. The third book of the series is called The Father's Chore. The old wizard Gap goes on a dangerous journey accompanied by the young prince Aaron to discover the reasons behind the world and the wizards losing their magic. Together they sail to the farthest reaches of the world, looking for a way to restore magic to the lands. And, you know, the best thing? Dragons. Great, majestic, 11 out of 10. Only appeared in the end, but loved them nonetheless. The story I didn't enjoy as much. It was kind of slow-paced and it couldn't hold my interest for long. What are those stories to fall asleep to? But I managed to finish it somehow. The fourth book is called Tehanu. Tina, a former priestess, and Gek, the old wizard, have to work together to help each other in the Scott girl, Thiru, who's got a destiny to fulfill. What destiny? Well, I don't know. I haven't finished the book yet, but I'm probably gonna love it. I loved it. It was my favorite of those four books. I need the other books and maybe I'll tell you about them. My dear listeners, whoever is listening, ghosts, demons, you're all welcome. And done. That's it with this episode. I'm just gonna try to do it at least once a month. But I'm gonna have to start to study soon for my final exam, so I might not be able to do them regularly. Because I am pretty lazy. But also, I want to get good grades, so we'll see. Bye!